Welcome in, all you football addicts out there. Boy, do we have a show for y'all today. Huh. Yeah. Breaking news to start it off. Uh, I don't believe Mark's going to be on today, but uh, just Chris and I for a lot shorter show than Friday. Um, yeah, let's hope. I mean, with what we got to talk about, we could easily <laughs> stretch it out, but we'll uh, try to keep it a little shorter. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, uh, today we're going to do NFL News, Combine Recap, wrap that up, and then uh, got the Commanders and Vikings mock draft, got my Brett Favre Vikings jersey on, so. Um, but yeah, starting off, uh, we're going to skip the first nugget of NCAA News. To talk about the breaking news in the NFL, just happened about 30, 45 minutes ago, uh, Calvin Ridley, Falcons wide receiver, suspended for the entire 2022 NFL season for betting on games last year in November. Uh, during a five-day stretch, he spent $1,500 um, that on on three, five, and eight-team parlays, including uh, the Falcons in those plays. Um, NFL has said that there is... They found no evidence that um, tampering in any of the games for the Falcons, uh, no insider information, and no, you know, throwing the game or shaving points what and whatnot. Um, this happened when he was on the non-football injury list, non-football illness list, um, because he was away for mental health reasons. At least that's what he said. <laughs> So. Yeah, there's a whole lot to unpack here. Uh, I mean, starting with the whole reason he was out to begin with, he said he didn't want to focus on or he couldn't focus on football right now because he had mental health issues that he was battling with. Meanwhile, he's still there betting on the games and stuff. And mm-hmm. obviously that's an illegal thing to do, especially when you're I mean, he's he wasn't playing, but. He's an active NFL player, technically. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I didn't read too much into the story, but is is the punishment or whatever because he bet on the Falcons or is it just because he bet in general? Betting in general. So it would have been this severe no matter what he bet on? Yeah. Yeah, betting on games is the most – betting on – on your own league's games is the worst possible thing that you can do. That That's how the NFL and most other sports leagues, that's how they view gambling on their own league's games. I mean, I get that. But at the same time, I feel like there should be a different punishment for people. Like, if, if he didn't bet on the Falcons, which, I mean, obviously he did, but if he didn't bet on the Falcons, I don't think it should be a year suspension. I think it should have been a lighter fine. But like I said, he did bet on the Falcons, so I don't really have much to say about the year suspension. Yeah, I agree. I I have always gone back and forth <clears throat> with this um, because of how mainstream gambling has become in our mm-hmm. culture. Uh, but... And and I I agree. I I think that you know, 
you're not betting on on your team's game. Um, the issue with there's still a possibility that like you could you know bet on some other game because you know how interconnected NFL players are today. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone, uh, you know, a lot of people know other people on all all different kinds of teams and whatnot. Mm. So yeah, there's always that possibility, you know, that especially being Calvin Ridley going to Alabama, you know how many players from Alabama are in the league. Mm-hmm. He probably has a million different teammates on maybe every single team in the NFL, who knows. Uh but uh yeah, I think but that's yeah. probably the issue of, you know, even if you don't bet on your teams, it's still severe because there could still be the possibility yeah. that, you know, get some insider info from one of your yeah. friends or whatever on a different team. Yeah. I mean, I I understand the argument as to why, like, players can't bet in their own league or whatnot because, obviously, it questions the integrity of the game and puts into question, like, if the players throw the games and stuff. But, I mean... We already kind of saw that uh, with the whole Brian Flores case. What, or yeah, was that the Brian Flores case that brought up the owner paying him to lose? Yeah. So I mean, we already see it in other aspects of the game happening anyway. So, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, just in general, throwing a game is not right to do, but. I just, I don't know. The, uh, I just think the sports betting is a little too harsh of a punishment. Um, I'm not even going to get into the Pete Rose argument for <laughs> baseball because that's a whole other rant that I will go 20 minutes on. But he should be in the Hall of Fame. That's all I'm saying about that. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's move a little past the suspension though and like how much does this actually affect the landscape of the league now in terms of like the wide receiver market because calvin ridley was at the top of the list of trade targets for a wide receiver yeah so uh now with him off the board i don't know so i mean yeah Schefter had said you know multiple teams were had reached out to the falcons in the last couple of weeks just to see if about trading for Calvin Ridley and I mean luckily the Falcons were were nice enough <clears throat> to other teams that in good faith they didn't allow or didn't entertain those trades um, because they said that they knew the NFL was investigating since February 9th so almost a month um, but yeah uh so he, he, like I said, he placed parlay bets on his phone. Um, just going through some of the other screenshots I had from uh, some of the Twitter stuff. I mean, the landscape of wide receivers, I don't think it alters too much. You know, it's only one guy. And especially because we still don't know what Devontae Adams' status is. Um We'll get to talking about franchise tags in a little bit. Um, you know, Amari Cooper is going to be available now, which I don't know if many people expected that. Maybe they did, maybe they did. I don't know. 
Um, I didn't, but um, yeah, but I don't think that he'll end up getting traded though. I think that ultimately he will be released. Um, but that was just my point though. Like Adams is going to be a free agent if he's not re-signed by the Packers, he's not going to be traded. I was just talking about trade targets in general for wide receiver. I don't really know of any others that were on the trade block. Oh, well you said Beasley was seeking out one too. So I don't know, maybe he becomes the number one trade target at wide receiver. Yeah, I didn't foresee the trade market for wide receivers being very lucrative this year uh, outside of Devontae Adams, Um, especially with, you know, the depth of the the wide receivers in the draft once again. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have a lot of very good wide receiver draft again, so um, even if you can't get your guy in free agency, you can find someone that fits your need in the draft in – probably every round so Mm -hmm. uh but yeah some other things i had on this so calvin ridley now joins uh alex karras and paul horning in 1963 arch slichter in 1983 and josh saul in 2019 um being suspended for gambling in the nfl um Oh, that's just about that. Uh, and an interesting note from Mike Garofolo. He put out a video of, of his him talking on NFL Now on NFL Network. Um, Cal- how Calvin Ridley was caught was the NFL, when they got together with the sports books and put together their agreements, uh, they made it clear that they'd be able to work with their gambling partners um, in order to gather information and, and then you know seek out potential violations from NFL players, um, which is exactly how they did how they found out Calvin Ridley was was betting on the NFL games, whatever app he was using, um, essentially told the NFL. <laughs> that's that's how they called him. So, but yeah, the Falcons are in a war uh, world of hurt now. They have almost no top level talent at wide receiver. Um. You know, obviously the number one pass catcher is going to be Kyle Pitts. Um, just going into his second season. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they have Olamide Zacchaeus. Uh, guys signed anyways. Or guys under contract still for this season that aren't free agents. Uh, Olamide Zacchaeus, Frank Darby, Christian Blake, Chad Hansen, Austin Trammell. And Braden Lenius. Yeah, that's a very thin wide receiver <laughs> room there. Um, and the thing is, they don't have any money to sign anyone. They have yeah. to draft. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I guess he's technically listed as a running back, but maybe Patterson will come back on a cheap deal. 
because he was a very big piece for them last year. Yeah. And they really need him now. I think it'd be hard with the year he had. That's true. To afford to bring him back. Um, Just checking on the exact cap space for the Falcons currently. Seven million over the cap right now. So not terrible situation. But you have Matt Ryan counting, I believe, forty-seven million against the cap this year. Yeah. So without him, they'd be forty over. I mean, forty under, I should say. Yeah, forty-eight and change million. But they can't cut him. That's the issue. He would cost them forty million in cap space if he was cut <laughs> pre-June one. Uh, it actually would equate to 32-ish million because they do save 8 million in cap space by cutting him pre-June 1. Uh, They cut him post-June 1. That's a little different. That would be closer to about uh, 1.2 million lost in cap space. Uh trade him it's the same so yeah their best bet on on at least by over the caps thing here uh is to extend him that would save them 18 million or if they good lord if they restructure him again it gets them eleven million this year, anyways. <laughs> but who knows down the road how much money they would have to pay for him? Probably not even being on the roster. Yeah, they they really screw themselves over with this with the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. At least they're not the Saints, who are forty four yeah, million over the cap right now. Yeah, I don't know what the Saints are going to do. <laughs> Restructure, restructure, restructure. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. That's all you can do at this point if you're Mickey Loomis. Because <laughs> um, they still have Drew Brees on the cap this year. $11.5 million for Drew Brees this season. So, yeah. That doesn't help. Um, but anyways, we'll pivot back to the one piece of NCAA news we have. Uh, Jaden Daniels has found a home. Former Arizona State quarterback. He is headed to Baton Rouge to play for the LSU Tigers. Uh, assuming he's going to get the starting job. Uh, Miles Brennan and I forget the other guy name uh, that they have down there. Going to be competing uh, I, fr- I forgot that Max Johnson had transferred out because um, I was thinking, I was like, you know, maybe, I don't I don't know if J- Jaden would actually win the job. You know, he's probably more talented than Max Johnson is, but I don't know. I, I liked how Max played this past season, even in a, in a down year for LSU. Um, but, yeah, 
it, it seems like uh, Brian Kelly has his quarterback for at least 2022. Uh, okay, now back to NFL news. The 49ers. We talked about a couple weeks ago, Troy Aikman moving into the Monday Night Football broadcast booth mm-hmm. from Fox Sports. He is replacing, it's quarterback for quarterback. It's a it's an even swap. Uh, he is replacing Brian Greasy, uh, who is now going to San Francisco to be the 49ers mm-hmm. head coach, uh, not head, uh, head coach, quarterback's coach under Kyle Shanahan um, in the Bay there. So he's known it's Kyle. Kinda, it's kind of funny because um, you don't really see, like I feel like, I, well, okay, never mind. I totally forgot about uh, John Gruden. I was going to say, you don't really see, like, the broadcasters and media people go into, like, coaching roles. Normally you'd see them go to, like, the front office, but then, yeah, I remembered that John Gruden did it. Uh, but he was – I feel like he's an outlier, though, because he was a big-name head coach before he went into the booth anyway. Yeah. Um yeah, Greasy and, and Shanahan have known each other for quite a while. Uh, Greasy was playing for the Bucks when Shanahan got his first job under John Gruden uh, in Tampa. So that's where their connection started and obviously kept in touch over the years. Yeah. Um, the Packers, quarterback Aaron Rodgers, he is still torn on what he wants to do for 2022, where he wants to play, whether that be in Green Bay or somewhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I just – I read an article earlier that so far there's been one team that has formally put in a uh, a trade proposal or whatever, and that's the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. And from what I read, it was this year's first and second round pick and next year's first. Still too much. <laughs> well, well, it was funny because somebody was saying, like, can you really get Aaron Rodgers for cheaper than the Colts got Carson Wentz for? No, but... I'm not giving up two first-round picks. I would gladly, because the Broncos have a, I think anyways, and I think a lot of other people do, have a treasure trove of, of wide receivers right now. Because mm-hmm. you know? they have Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick. Those three, you know, you can give Jerry Judy uh, and supplement that as... Uh, a first round pick, I believe. You know, he was the only, he was a pick, uh, first round pick two years ago. Yeah. So, you know, and that would also help if, you know, Devontae were to leave too. But I still stick to my guns. If I'm a team like the Broncos, I am trading for Rodgers and Adams in a package deal. And then you can, I can give you three first round picks, a second rounder next season, and you know I'll even give you Corlin Sutton back 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> and you know, maybe maybe we have to put in Bradley Chubb too. That's fine. <laughs> but you know, just re-sign Vaughn, and we'll be good. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the Packers did offer have they have a deal in place for Rodgers, a three- to four-year deal, uh, make him the highest-paid player in the league, and apparently uh, change the landscape of quarterback contracts, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, Whatever because he's going to be the highest-paid quarterback at, what, 38 years old or something like that? Yep, still doesn't make sense to me. The Packers are just desperate at this point to keep Rodgers because they know that trading him would be a mistake. Yeah, it's fine. They can continue to be the best regular season team in the NFL. I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> um, before we get into franchise tags, just got this in from Mike Garofolo on Twitter. We love live stuff here. Um, so, the NFL just set the salary cap. $208.2 million. Uh, I'm trying to see. I'm waiting on people to put out how much of an increase it is. If I don't remember if it was supposed to increase this year or if that was until next season. I think 208 was what it was last year, too. Okay. Um, but we do have the franchise tag, the non-exclusive franchise tag, and the uh, transition tag numbers. So the non-exclusive franchise tag, quarterback, $29.7 million, running back, $9.5 million, wide receiver, so uh, Devontae Adams, 18 Point four million. Uh, tight end ten point nine million. We'll talk about a tight end that got tagged to, uh, today. Mm-hmm. Offensive line sixteen point six million. <clears throat> uh, defensive end seventeen point eight. Uh, defensive tackle seventeen point four. Uh, linebacker eighteen point seven. Corner seventeen point three. Safety, 12.9, and kicker, punter, 5.2. Transition tags, which we don't see too many happen every year, but uh, quarterback, 27.2. Running back, 8. Wide receiver, 16.8. Tight end, 9.4. Offensive line, 15.3. Defensive end, 16. Uh, D-tackle, 14.7. Linebacker, 15.8. Corner, 15.1. Safety, 10.8. Kicker, punter, 4.7. For non-exclusive franchise and transition tags. And we also got the uh, fifth-year option numbers for the 2019 draft class. Uh, which 
the deadline to exercise fifth-year options for that draft is May 2nd. Um, so if they've gone to two or more Pro Bowls, quarterbacks 29.7. So I have to think about who was in the 2019 class because my mind sucks and I can't think of – I don't even know who the number one pick was. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> 2019 was three years ago? This will be three years. Yeah. 2021, 2020, 2019. This will be four. Baker and Darnold were the 2018 class, right? So, Kyler. Yeah. That's the Kyler Murray draft. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 29.7 million for Kyler Murray. Don't remember who other what other quarterbacks there were, but that's cool. <laughs> uh, running back nine point six, wide receiver eighteen point four, tight end ten point nine, O line sixteen point six, D end seventeen point eight, D tackle seventeen point four, uh, linebacker eighteen point seven, corner seventeen point three. Safety twelve point nine and kicker punter five point two. Um, if they've only made one Pro Bowl, uh, quarterbacks twenty seven point two, running backs eight, wide receiver sixteen point eight, tight end nine point four, O line fifteen point three, D end sixteen, D tackle fourteen point seven, linebacker fifteen point eight, corner. Uh, 15.1 safety 10.8 and kicker punter 14.7 so if you made two Pro Bowls two or more Pro Bowls from the 19 class you get the franchise tag number if you've only made one Pro Bowl you get the transition tag number that's what I'm seeing because they were literally the exact same numbers <laughs> um, and then there's two other areas for fifth-year options for the 19 draft class. Um, if you haven't made a Pro Bowl, but you achieved a playing a playtime criterion, uh, quarterbacks are at 22.4, running back 5.7, wide out 13.4, tight end 6.8, uh, O-line 13.2, D-end 12.4, D-tackle 10.7, Linebacker, 11.7. Uh, corner, uh, 11, uh, almost 12. Safety, 7.9. And kicker punter, 3.8. Uh, and then if you did make a Pro Bowl and you didn't achieve a playtime criterion, I don't know why you're getting your fifth-year option extent uh, exercised, but the numbers are here. Uh, quarterback, 16, uh, 19.6. Running back, 5.2. Wide out 12.4, tight end 6.2, O line 12.6, D end 11.5, uh, D tackle 9.6, linebacker 10.9, corner 11.2, safety 7.3, kicker punter 3.6. Not that there were any kicker punters with fifth year options. 
<laughs> but they got to have it in there because mm-hmm. Ray Guy. <laughs> or actually, not Ray Guy. What am I saying? Uh, or was it Ray Guy? I think he's probably the only one that comes to mind to me. Sebastian Janikowski. Was he the one that they drafted in the first round? I don't know. I can't remember. I told you my memory is crap. I know. (laughs) Uh, Just seeing here. Okay, so no, it did rise. It it rose a lot, actually. Teams are going to have a lot of money to spend this offseason. Uh. So, 2018, 177.2. 2019, up 11,188.2. 2020, it rose 10,198.2. Then it dove uh, $15.7 million to 182.5. So now we're going up 20, uh, $25.7 million this year in cap space. Yeah. So that helps many a teams. <laughs> uh, I wish I wouldn't have closed out my tab on my phone of over the cap. Because $25.7 million in extra cap space, that clears out the cap for every team except the Packers and Saints. And, he, and the Packers, they would have about a million over the cap still. And that will be taken care of when they extend Devontae Adams. Saints are still screwed, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It it was Janikowski. I I looked it up. Um, that was drafted in the first round, but Ray Guy also was drafted in the first round too. Um, Raiders, the only ones that will do that. <laughs> well, there was two others drafted in the first round too. Uh, it was Steve Little, the punter for the St. Louis Cardinals. Back in 1978, 15th overall. Great. And Russell Erksleben or something like that? I don't even know how to say his name. (laughs) 11th overall to the Saints in 1979. Then you wonder why those teams were so bad. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Love... I mean, we're getting breaking news just left and right, dude. I mean, next thing mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be breaking Aaron Rodgers' move down, you know. Well, uh, we're not going to get that lucky. That'll break literally a minute after we <laughs> close the show. Yeah, so look out for Aaron Rodgers to make a decision at about uh, 6 Eastern or so. Uh, <laughs> I, he is supposed to by tomorrow, though. Uh, yeah. That was the original plan that I've heard that Tuesday of this week was always his plan to, to make his decision. We'll see. 
see what happens. Uh, all right, so let's go to franchise tags. Now we know their numbers uh, of what they're going to be making. Three tags today. Uh, Chiefs, they tagged left tackle Orlando Brown Jr. Browns in a – I thought it was surprising anyways. I uh-huh. saw it, and I was like, why? Because he's the second-best tight end on the team. Um, but they franchise tagged tight end David Njoku. Uh, I guess the Browns are going to keep Browning uh, until I, <laughs> until I become. They had a, one good season and that was it. Until I become the GM, you know. Um, and then the Bengals they franchise tag safety Jesse Bates the third, which was expected. Yeah. Deadline is tomorrow at four p.m. Eastern. Uh, but I mean, all these guys are getting tagged today. Um, do you expect any more? Yes. Devontae Adams. Um, you, you think he'll ultimately get tagged? Yes. They have to. They have to as a placeholder. Um, just to be able to extend him or possibly yeah. trade him. Um, I'm trying to think of who on other teams. Because the Patriots, it's already been reported they're not tagging J.C. Jackson uh, mm-hmm. Are the Jets going to tag Marcus May? I don't think so. Because they tagged him last year, so it would be the second tag. Plus, he's coming off the injury, so I think they're trying to get him on a one-year prove-it deal, mm-hmm. which the tag would be too expensive as a prove-it deal. So, Yeah, because I'm just going by division in my head, and I don't think the Bills have anyone worth tagging this year. Um the Dolphins, I don't think either. Uh, the Jaguars aren't going to tag Cam Robinson again. Um, the Steelers aren't going to tag Juju. It's not going to happen. The Ravens, I don't have anyone in my head that they're going to go to. Bengals already did. Browns already used theirs. Uh, the Titans, Texans, and Colts, I can't see anyone getting tagged from any of those three teams. Uh, the rest of the AFC West outside of the Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos. I feel like the Broncos would have someone, but I can't think of anyone right now. And the Raiders don't have anyone to of worth I don't think uh, NFC East wise Cowboys have a decision to make about Dalton Schultz that could be one that's still up in the air um, the Eagles aren't going to tag anyone Giants won't uh, Commanders I don't think either NFC North obviously I said Adams with the Packers Bears, Lions and Vikings I don't think they have anyone worth tagging. Unless the Bears decide they want to keep Robinson, but I don't think that's happening. Yeah, that would be his second tag. Mm-hmm. Um, NFC South, Saints can't afford to tag anyone. <laughs> uh, the Falcons actually could now, but they don't have anyone worth tagging. Uh, well, they could technically tag... Uh, Patterson, but I don't know if 
they would. Yeah, they could do him. Uh, that would actually be a decent price at, I think it was what eight million something like that. Uh-huh. Um, or if they want, I don't think they would do it. But Russell Gage is a free agent. Uh, he would obviously be their best wide receiver coming back, but at, I think, if I remember correctly, it was like seventeen something million. Um, I would. I wouldn't do it. Not pay that for Russell Gage, but. <laughs> um, yeah, the Panthers already said they're not tagging Stephon Gilmore, um, which makes sense, considering they traded for J- uh, C.J. Henderson have Dante Jackson and drafted um, what's his face JC Horn uh, and then the Bucks Bucks could tag Chris Godwin um, mm. even coming off the ACL could be a tag there um, if they can't work a deal out. And the <laughs> NFC West, I don't think the cards are going to tag anyone. Um, the only candidate I could see on the cards, because they're not tagging Chandler Jones, um, but I could see a surprise move where they tag Christian Kirk, because um, mm-hmm. he's a free agent. The Niners, I don't think, are going to tag anyone. Seahawks. Seahawks could tag Rashad Penny. Um, That's one to look for. And then also the Rams. The Rams are interesting because OBJ and Von Miller. Von Miller, I believe, he's already gone. I don't think they're going to resign him. Uh... But OBJ is an interesting situation. Yeah. Because they want him back, but I still have no idea how that would make sense to have him, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup all making over $10 million. Probably, well, if they would tag OBJ, I believe all three would be making over $12 million which is a lot of money to put in to your top three wide receivers. And also, in that scenario, that's a very crowded room for somebody like OBJ. Right. He would get mad. He complained in Cleveland for not getting the ball a lot. And with Robert Woods coming back, and obviously the, emer- not emergence, but the the surge that Cooper Cup had last year, I think OBJ would be the third option there. Or, like, him and Woods would be, like, a 2A, 2B kind of situation. So, yeah, I don't think that would end well for them if they re-signed him. Yeah, plus they drafted... um, Van Jefferson. Well, yeah, they have Van, but they drafted Tutu Atwell in the second round last year, too. I forgot about him. Um. So I mean, if they re-sign OBJ, it's kind of like you're you're wasting a second round draft pick as your fifth wide receiver, you know. Well, I was gonna say, did Tutu really do anything anyway? No, because they had so many guys, and I mean, he was 
when he did do stuff, especially when you saw him play in the preseason, it was just quick screens, and he mm-hmm. wasn't going anywhere. So, I mean, he'll need time to develop, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, I think there's just... There'd be a lot... There'd be a lot uh, too many weapons. With Higby, and, you know, you got... Akers, Henderson, Sony Michelle in the backfield. I don't know. And now the Rams have $25.7 million more to make it work, but I would think that that $25.7 million is going directly into Matthew Stafford's bank account. Because <laughs> they got to extend him. So. Yeah. Uh, love the Jesse Bates. He's been one of the most underrated players the last like three years uh, yep. for the Bengals. And Orlando Brown. I don't think I noticed him too much, which I guess is a good thing if you're an offensive lineman. If you if you're not noticed by the general public, it's probably because you're you're doing a good job in blocking and not getting yeah. More likely, calls. it's a good thing than a bad thing. Yeah. So, uh, it looks like, anyways, the, that trade worked out for the Chiefs, uh, getting him from the Ravens last year. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, offensive line was not the Chiefs' problem this year. For sure. Um, okay. A retirement today. Colts. Bit of a surprise one here. Yeah, he was getting there. I believe he was going into his tenth season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Colts tight end Jack Doyle is done. He retired today. Um, pretty good, pretty solid tight end throughout yeah, he, his career. Yeah, he was never like a top tier tight end, but he was definitely one of those like serviceable like he can he did his job but he was never like the eye-popping stats or anything like that um no i think the reason i'm surprised at the retirement is i didn't realize that he'd been in the league a decade already yeah it didn't seem like he was in the league 10 years pretty much yeah he uh i don't know exactly which year he came out, but um, he would have either came out with Andrew Luck. I think it was 2013. Okay, so the year after Andrew Luck was drafted to the Colts, um, 2012. But, yeah, um, pretty nice career for him. Made a, made a decent amount of money. He got extended uh, twice, I believe, by Indy. Was a. I know at least once. Yeah, I I remember one of his extensions was a, a good amount of money. Uh, <laughs> was a fifth round pick. Um. Undrafted. Undrafted out of Western Kentucky in 2013. Uh-huh. I thought he got drafted. My bad. 
uh, joined the Titans practice squad, was released, then joined the Colts. Um, wow, that's interesting. He was a... Uh, this is just a random website I've never heard of, but it's fine. <laughs> it's a top it's a top thing on Google, so we're gonna roll with it. Uh it is not Wikipedia, so uh but he was apparently claimed off waivers by the Colts in twenty thirteen from the Titans on cut day, the last day of cuts training camp. Mm-hmm. So since he was claimed off waivers, it didn't allow the Titans to bring him back on the on the uh final roster after the final roster cuts, which I guess they were planning to do. So that could have, you know, that could have changed his whole career, man. He could have been on the Titans mm-hmm. instead of the Colts. Now, again, this is the third time I'm referencing how bad my memory is. Uh, I have no clue, no recollection of what the Titans tight end roster uh, depth chart looked like in 2013, but um, that's fine. Chris will probably look it up as I'm talking. Did you say Colts <laughs> or Titans? Titans. Because uh, I don't know if Walker was there yet or yeah, he wasn't. He was still on the Niners at that point. The Colts still had Dallas Clark, I believe. Uh, I don't know, 2013, yeah, Walker was there. Okay. And Craig Stevens. Solid. No clue who that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had two catches for five yards. Stevens. Yeah. Nice. Good career stats. Or was that just that season? No, that was that season. Okay. In 14 games. Could have been, could have been his career stats, too. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Considering, again, I've never heard of Craig Stevens. Um, but, yeah. Anyways. Good career for Jack Doyle. Uh, the cutting has started. It, uh... Oh, just before we move on to that, Kobe Fleener was the tight end for the Colts. Yeah! Stanford, baby! Kobe Fleener! (laughs) That was a sad career derailed by injuries, concussions for Fleener. Uh But yeah, the Patriots released uh, a guy that's uh is he a three-time patriot I van noy so. yes I, I believe so. yeah kyle van noy done again by the with the patriots <laughs> uh they get five million in cap space for cutting him and he gets the benefit of being able to sign right away he could sign tomorrow if he wanted to, if a team is interested. Well, now we can go out to Oakland where uh, <laughs> where McDaniels is. Just go to another uh, Bill Belichick disciple. Yeah. That's what he's been doing. Yeah. Um, and McDaniels is the only one left now, I believe. You know, no yeah, Flores. Patricia's back with the Patriots, no and Patricia. Flores is with the Steelers. Yeah, I pray he doesn't sign with the Steelers. <laughs> I mean, we do we do need linebackers though. 
that was one of our biggest issues. I mean, it all, it all depends on how Van Noy liked playing with the Dolphins because he was Flores was the head coach down there. Dude, so. he was a beast with the Dolphins too. Yeah. He was a part of their really good defense in 2019 until he got cut. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, the Browns not releasing someone, but they are not exercising the option on fullback Andy Janovich's deal. He's going to be a free agent when the le- new league year starts next week. Um, Janovich, one of the best fullbacks in the league, was a Pro Bowl alternate this year. It's it's tough. Um. At the fullback position, there's not not many guys out there playing it. Um, I don't remember who the AFC representative was for fullback. I would think it would have been uh, Patrick Ricard with the Ravens. That's the only other fullback I can think of in the AFC. Oh, no. No, I think it might have been Alec Ingold with the Raiders. Hmm. I think it might have been him. Those are like the only four, four three. Four, oh, you, you mentioned Derek Watt, but he doesn't yeah. really. He doesn't really play fullback though. He just plays special teams. He didn't play too. He didn't play too much offense this year for the Steelers. Mm. They should have. They they needed all the blockers they could get in the run game. <laughs> uh. But yeah. Somebody need a fullback? Go ahead. Any any Janovich will be available. Longtime Bronco that traded to the Browns a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do not have anything more to add on NFL news. So, um, let's talk about the combine. Again, Chris and I were talking pre-show. We're like, yeah. We did not watch too much of the combine, but we know what happened, you know. We got our sources. So, we talked about the quarterbacks and their workouts. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends from their workout on Thursday. Um, And then we had, during the show, um, running backs, offensive linemen were getting their workouts in. So, I guess, I don't know. Do we want to talk about O-line and, and running backs? Yeah, we could talk about them. Because, I mean, uh, there's a lot of pretty decent running backs that uh, were in the later, are projected in the later rounds that had some good showing. And then there's obviously a lot of offensive line talk at the top of the draft. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so just going off testing numbers here. This was one of the fastest combines ever. Uh-huh. Uh, the running backs were especially fast. We had six of them run sub 4-4, including some guys that I wouldn't have expected to run sub 4-4. Pierre Strong tied for the lead at 4-3-7 with uh, South Dakota State's Pierre Strong. Uh, he tied Rutgers running back Isaiah Pacheco at 4-3-7. Uh, 
Um, Ty Chandler at 4.38, kind of expected that. Don't know too much about Devontae Price from FIU at 4.38. But I think the other two sub-4.4s really surprised me. Kenneth Walker at 4.38, I was blown away by that time. And I was also very much blown away by your favorite running back, Brees Hall running a 439. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap, dude. I did not know he had 4-3 speed. <laughs> yeah, he uh Yeah, I def I definitely didn't think he was gonna break four four there, but he just barely did, and that I think that can only help his draft stock. Yeah. I think a big number was the next guy down. My boy from Georgia, Zeus. Zamir White ran a 4-4 flat. Again, mm-hmm. he's another guy that I never thought about as being very fast. I always knew he was a pounder. He was a very physical runner. Um, but when he gets in the open field, you know, he can run away from you. Also happy 4-4-2 for James Cook there. Um... All right, let's go on the opposite end of the spectrum. Some very poor times. Uh, talking running backs, I guess, 4 6. So it's got to be a poor time because that's what's at the bottom of the board. Kyron Williams, the slowest running back out of Notre Dame, 4 6 5. Letty Brown, West Virginia, 4 6 4. I did not expect Ronnie Rivers to run a 4 6. I thought he was very fast at Fresno State, but mm-hmm. I think Ronnie's probably one of those guys that has the cliche saying quicker than fast. Uh, he's very twitchy and can do a yeah. lot of things in the pass game and the return game. Uh, yeah, as long as you can make him miss, it doesn't matter how fast you are. Our boy Sincere only ran a 4.6. Hey, I mean, again, as long as you could either make a miss or just run over them, then you don't really have to be that fast. But it's a matter of whether or not he'd be able to. Yeah, well, the only other guy that ran 4-6 or above, uh, he is a guy that can run people over. Tyler Algier from BYU. I kind of expected mm-hmm. him to be a little slower. I knew he's not a, fa- he's not a breakaway mm-hmm. speed guy. Uh, he's a big dude. Uh, 5'11", 224. Nice, <laughs> nice compact yeah. there. Uh, yeah, Sincere is very small. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. 5'8 and a half, 205. Hey, there's been guys like that out in the NFL before. Uh, Ronnie Rivers is even smaller. 5'7 and a half, 195. <laughs> But I, I knew I knew Rivers was very very tiny. Uh, Letty Brown six foot two thirteen running a four six four. Kyron Williams five nine one ninety four. That is not a good nine. Uh, not a good time for five nine one ninety four. Four six five. Uh, bench for the running backs. Not too many of them did it. I was impressed Hassan Haskins, Michigan, put up 27 on the bench. Very good number for that. 
Um, I'm not sure exactly what the benchmark is for running backs, but I, in my mind, if you're at 20 or more for a running back, I think that's pretty decent. Um, which there was only one guy that was under 20. That was Greg Bell out of San Diego State. Wait, just to put into perspective the the height comparison for the running backs, mm-hmm. just the guy that popped into my head was a guy that we got to watch a few years back. But Maurice Jones-Drew was only 5'7". Yeah. yeah. Apparently his 40 time, though, was the same as uh, as Brees Hall, 4'39". Oh, yeah, dude. MJD was fast, dude. Yeah. Um. Vert, Brees Hall put on a show again, leading the running backs 40 inches. 40. Mm-hmm. Massive. And, I mean, he 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 beat the field pretty good because the next best guy was Kevin Harris out of South Carolina, and he beat him by one and a half inches. 38 and a half inches for Kevin Harris there. Um, and then... It was Rashad White out of Arizona State. But then, you know, even Rashad White, there was a gap of another inch and a half down to the – there was two guys, 36 and a half, Ronnie Rivers and Tyler Goodson um, out of Iowa. Snoop Connor out of Ole Miss and C.J. Verdell out of Oregon. Poor showing in the vert, 29 and a half. I think 30 is minimum. What do you want to reach for that in terms of running backs? Broad jump, two guys tied for the top. Uh, Jerry and Ely out of Ole Miss, 10-8, along with Zeus, Samir White out of Georgia, 10-8 as well. Uh, but Brees Hall wasn't wasn't very far down. He was tied for second, or I guess technically it'd be tied for third because there's two top. Tied for third with uh, 10-6. Uh, Kevin Harris again, ten six as well. Um, Rashad White up there also. Um, talk about bad broad. I, I mean, there was a lot of guys that were under ten foot, but I think ten foot's minimum explosion number. What you're looking for? Uh, some of the guys though, I don't. <laughs> I don't fault some of the guys for being under 10 feet because like we we're talking about ronnie rivers i mean he's five seven <laughs> i don't i mean i mean his 40 his vert was very good uh but that's just jumping straight up and down and that's adjusted the uh for anyone that doesn't know the the little things you you hit when you jump up it's adjusted for how tall you are um and then they calculate it that way uh, well, actually, it's not really calculated. It's just they adjust the thing, and then, yeah, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Ronnie Rivers at 5'7". He jumped 9'11", though. I, you know, it's, I think that's decent. I mean, it's just in short of 10 feet. So it's, you know. <laughs> but at 5'7", to jump that far, I think, is pretty good, considering I'm 5'6", and I can only jump, like, 5 feet. <laughs> Uh, worst broad jumps here, Bam Knight out of NC State and Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M, surprising, nine foot six. 
not very good. No. Sincere only hit 9-8. Tyron Williams again at the bottom of the list. He had a terrible day in terms of testing. Um, But yeah, Brees Hall was definitely one of the stars of the running backs. I know. Um, I don't know that I really heard any buzz about anyone else other than Brees Hall. Um, I don't know if you did. No. Yeah, so I think going into pro days anyways, it seems like the the general consensus is Brees Hall, number one running back. Um, I think Kenneth Walker is still a close second, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's move on to the offensive line. Uh, talk about 40s. Pretty decent. We had a bunch of them. Sub 5. Uh, and 4. Got sub 4-9. Uh, Dare Rosenthal, fastest O lineman, four eight eight out of Kentucky, and then you had three guys at four eight nine, Kellen Deesh, Arizona, Arizona State, Chris Paul, uh, out of Tulsa, and Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. He is one of the guys that had a fantastic night on Friday. Um, I did hear about him quite a bit. Uh, slowest offensive lineman, Bill Dunkel out of San Diego State, 5'4", 4'4". The only other guy that was at 5'4", uh, Luke Tenuta, 5'4", 1 out of Virginia Tech. Bench press, this is important. Zion Johnson, Boston College, 32 bench. Uh, only three other guys got 30-plus. Jamari Salyer out of Georgia, 31. Cole Strains out of Chattanooga, 31. And Bernard Raymond, Central Michigan, 30. Some concerning numbers, the the bottom two guys, Obina Ezi, or Easy, TCU tackle, 18. And Kenyon Green, Texas A&M guard, 20. So not very good numbers for those two guys. In terms of vertical... Uh, Sean Ryan, UCLA guard, 33-and-a-half-inch vert. He led the way there. Um, And then you had, down at the bottom, uh, Myron Cunningham, tackle from Arkansas, 20 inches. And Ed Ingram, guard for LSU, 20-and-a-half inches. Everyone else was above uh, 22-plus. Um, and then broad jump, Cole Strange led the way, 10-foot even, Chattanooga guard. Um, you also had Zach Tom, center from Wake Forest, up there at 9-10. And Bernard Raymond, tackle out of Central Michigan, 9-9. Uh, and then down at the bottom, the only person sub-8-foot uh, was... Bill Dunkel, once again, down at the bottom there. <laughs> San Diego State. He's slow and he can't jump far. Uh, nope. <laughs> seven foot eleven. <laughs> there. Uh, Myron Cunningham was down there too, just like he was for the vert. Uh, eight foot two on the broad jump. 
But yeah, offensive tackle. Um, like I said, Trevor Penny had a nice night out of UNI. Um, who else did I hear about? Get my list of offensive linemen back up here. On my nice disorganized notepad. Um, <laughs> I believe some of the other top tackles had good nights. Charles Cross, I believe I heard about having a good night Mississippi State tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then did Quanu have a good good combine? I think he did. Uh, I don't know. I don't know his exact uh, numbers. Well, he wasn't at the top. He wasn't at the bottom of, of any of the testing. So... Yeah, I, I really think Penning and, and Cross were the two that I heard about having good good combines. I mean, mentioned Cole Strange. Uh, Aquanu, 4'9", 340, uh, 29 jump, or vert jump, 108 broad jump. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it's a nine foot, nine foot broad. I hate, I hate when the NFL puts it total inches. Like, just give it to me in feet and inches. But that's how, that's how scouts put it in their scouting report is, is total. Um, but yeah, I, I think some of the top tackles had good nights. Like I said, Charles Cross. Uh, Penning Raymond I mentioned a couple times on the testing numbers Um, it was really the tackles you didn't hear much about a lot of the guards obviously Kenyon Green not doing that well testing Mm -hmm. I I don't know if that hurt him necessarily I'd have to look at the board on who the other guards are but I thought Clearly, he was the number one guard coming out. Um, yeah. I think cases can be made now. I think, actually, Zion Johnson might have closed the gap a lot to him. Um, and then you have other guys that are right there, like Darian Kennard. Uh, Kennard's a tackle. See what they have him listed at. No, guard, yeah. I thought he was a guard. Yeah, Kennard from Kentucky, uh, and also Ed Ingram for LSU, I think are guys that are right there. Um, and then one other guy I'll mention, guard, Cole Strange, uh, guard center prospect. Out of Chattanooga, I thought had a decent time as well. Moving on to the DNs. Now, the defense as a whole put on a show. Saturday Saturday and Sunday. Um, defense was very good. I got to watch some of the some of the D line uh, on Saturday night there. Watched Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm watch some of the uh, 
<coughs> corners yesterday. Um, but let's go back to the 40. And this is just stupid. The fastest defensive lineman ever at the scouting combine. Amari Barno, 4-3-6. Needs to put on about 14 pounds, 6'5", 246. Way too light, even for an outside linebacker. I'd like him to be at 260. Play weight. Only other guy sub four five for the D line uh, the D ends. Sam Williams, Ole Miss four four six. Did not expect that from him. Uh, he is where I want him to be weight wise though. Six four two sixty one. Um, let me tell you, this is not me being biased, but Georgia had an outstanding weekend. Uh, in terms of especially the defensive side, considering that's how many, we have a lot more players coming out defensively than we do offensively. Trayvon Walker was one of those guys. He shined on Saturday night. Um, four five one. He was the third fastest D end in the group. Boye Mafe at four five three as well from Minnesota. Slowest Trey Williams, Arkansas five oh eight. Arkansas boys not having a good night. <laughs> Uh, also very slow. I was kind of disappointed. Zach Carter out of Florida, four nine nine. You know, Jets need Jets need pass rush, right? They can go get another Florida guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> like they had with what's his face? Jabari Zuniga, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't need that. Um. Top guys, top two guys, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, 4.58. Aiden Hutchinson, a nice brisk walk at 4.74. Big difference. And then D-tackle-wise, again, like I said, Georgia was outstanding on defensive line. Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis, 4.77 for Wyatt, 4.78. For Jordan Davis. Now, to put that in perspective for Jordan Davis, he ran 4.78. What did I just say? Uh, Hutchinson ran? Uh, I don't remember. 4.74. Yeah. Four hundredths of a second slower. <laughs> At 6.6. Three forty one. I mean, that is just crazy. And Wyatt also six three three oh four as well. The only two defensive linemen, defensive tackles under four uh, eight, and there was only one other one that went under four nine, uh, which was Perry and Winfrey out of Oklahoma four eight nine. Uh. Otherwise, slowest, very, very slow. Uh, Noah Ellis out of Idaho, 566. That, uh, that's how you go undrafted, Noah. 
Uh, he was running that 566 at 64346. I have to say, Noah, it's not a very flattering uh, draft profile picture either. Um, <laughs> Got to say that. <laughs> uh, also, Neil Farrell, LSU f- uh, four, uh, 541, second slowest time there for the D tackles, 64330. Uh, I forgot to say. Oh wait, no, I don't think he ran. That's right. I I was disappointed because he didn't run. <coughs> yeah, Daniel Daniel Fa'alele. I wanted to know what his forty was going to be. At six. Yeah, I don't think he ran. At six eight three eighty. <laughs> um. Defensive ends on the bench, 27 for Kayvon Thibodeau. Good showing by him. Aiden Hutchinson didn't do the bench. He did everything else, though. Um, not sure why. But uh, two guys under 20 reps. Again, Zach Carter from Florida, 19. And a very paltry showing <clears throat> by Alex Wright from UAB, 15 on the bench. And uh, that's even worse when I say what I said before uh, pre-show, Cade York, the kicker from LSU, put up 225 12 times. So when you're a defensive end and you only put it up three more times than a kicker, uh-huh. that is sad on your part, sir. <laughs> uh, kind of disappointed Arnold Ebicady only had 21. So did George Karloftis uh, on the bench. I, not many guys did the bench really when you look at DNs. It was uh, only 10 of them did it. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised about that because I feel like that's one of the more important ones to kind of show like their strength there. Well, even less D tackles did. Only three defensive tackles did the bench. And I mean, the, the number one guy for D tackles, Otito Ogbania, had a nice mm. night. 29 on the bench. Big number for the UCLA D-tackle. And then Matthew Butler from Tennessee was the worst D-tackle, 17. DJ Davidson from Arizona State right in the middle at 23. And then uh, for the vert, uh, we'll start off D-tackles. Some guys in the 30s for defensive tackles. Big boys getting up. Uh, Four of them in the 30s there. Ayoma Awuzurike. For Iowa State, uh, 33. George <coughs> Davis, again, he just shined. Uh, 32 inches on the vertical for Jordan Davis. Um, once again, I'll say it. 6'6", uh, six, six, 341. <laughs> and the craziest thing was he was playing most of the season at 360. He, mm-hmm. he lost 19 pounds training for the Combine. And uh, I think that's what teams wanted to play at, more of a 340. Um, Wait, where, uh, before the combine, where was he projected to be drafted? I think a lot of people still had him in the first round, late first. But do you think that this pushes him up in the draft, though, to, like, the teens? Yes, and I think it's perfect for the L.A. Chargers 
I think they can justify taking him at number 17 now. Because they need that yep. run, they need that run stopping ability, even though he's not, or at least he didn't show much pass rush ability with Georgia. That was more Devontae yep. Wyatt's thing. Uh, but the other two guys in the 30s in terms of broad jump, Matthew Butler from Tennessee. This is for defensive tackles, uh, and Chris Hinton from Michigan. Uh, Butler at 32, Hinton at 31 and a. Devonte Wyatt, a close twenty-nine there as well. Uh, worst one was Neil Farrell, LSU twenty-one and a half. It's funny, dude. You see the same guys at the top, the same guys at the bottom. I mean, you, you can't get away from it when you're when you're not good. You're not good, and when you're good, you're real good. Uh, interesting. The top of the vert chart for the defensive ends. Name that I don't really know too much about. Uh, I don't think a lot of people do, other than actual NFL scouts. Dominique Robertson, uh, Robinson, Miami, Ohio, forty-one on the vertical jump. He six-five, two fifty-three for Dominique there. Uh, my boy Arnold Ebicady though, thirty-eight, tied for second uh, with uh, Boye Mafe from Minnesota and George Karloftis for Purdue. Um, all three of those guys got 38. The big boys, um, Hutchinson with a 36-inch vert. Again, I said Trayvon Walker had a nice night, 35-and-a-half on the vertical jump. Uh, Thibodeau did not do the vert. So you had Hutchinson not do the bench, Thibodeau not do the vert. Uh, worst vertical jump, there were three guys under 30 inches for the DNs. Trey Williams out of Arkansas, 26.5. Again, same guys at the bottom. Zach Carter, once again, 27.5. Uh, Florida. And then the only other guy under 30, Myron uh, Tagavailoa Amosa from Notre Dame, 29. She's there. And then finally, the broad jump, defensive ends, Amari Barno again, fastest guy, uh, longest broad jump as well, 10-11 on the broad. Arnold Abacady, Penn State, 10-8. A, a close second there. Uh, the big guys, again, Thibodeau didn't do this event either, but Hutchinson, not that great, really. 9-9. Nine, nine. On the broad, maybe he should have went with Thibodeau on that one and sat that out. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the worst one again, Trey Williams just can't get off the bottom of the list. He was the only one sub nine feet, eight foot eight, horrid number <laughs> for a defensive end. And I mean, he is—he's—he's he's not even that big. I mean, he's tall, six four. But he's only at 253. I mean, that's not... That's pretty light for a defensive end. Relatively, anyways. My In my mind, you know, average weight for a DN is between 260 and 275. So... Uh, Zach Carter, again, <laughs> down at the bottom, tied uh, for her second to last, 9'2". 
And then Myron Tagavailoa Mosa also down there again, nine foot seven. Yeah, there were a lot of guys that had sub ten foot broads. <laughs> D tackle wise, Jordan Davis, dude, ten foot three. He out jumped the field by almost a foot. The closest guy was Matthew Butler from Tennessee, nine foot four. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Devontae Wyatt, nine foot three, also another good one there. And then the bottom guys, Jaden Peavy from Texas AM, eight foot four. John Ridgeway from Arkansas, eight foot five. Again, those Arkansas guys having horrible nights <laughs> on Saturday. Um, Jonathan Ford, eight foot six out of Miami. The bottom feeders there on that one for the D tackles. Um, defensive tackle wise, though, like I said, dude, Jordan Davis was the star of the night. Um, Devontae Wyatt also had a nice night. Trayvon Walker for the defensive ends. It was a Georgia Bulldog kind of weekend um, mm-hmm. because they just shined all over the field for for the combine. Uh, like I said, I was happy. My boy Arnold Evicady. Uh dis- disappointed for my other Penn State Nittany Lion, Jesse Lucetta, working out as a defensive end. He got hurt. He pulled a hammy um, doing one of the drills. So he left early. Um, I thought Hutchinson looked very good in his movement. I didn't actually see too much of Thibodeau. I saw a lot of Hutchinson, though. I think well that's because I I only saw the first group of D linemen um the first half of the alphabet I didn't get to see the second half cuz I was working Saturday night um, mm-hmm. so I, I did get to see Hutchinson quite a bit and some of his movement drills it was weird though you know like they changed the combine around and some of the drills and they make defensive linemen now drop they make them do backpedals and all that kind of stuff and catch the ball. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. Um, I didn't hear too much about Ojabo. David Ojabo, the other Michigan man, um, which was kind of weird, I thought. Um, I believe... My one of my favorite sleepers also got injured during the combine as well. Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State, I think he got hurt too. Um, otherwise, yeah, Jordan Davis made some money. Um, linebackers were also on the field Saturday night, I believe, right? I think it was all secondary yesterday, um, yeah. So talk about linebackers. I told you all about this guy on Friday to watch out for him. Troy Anderson, the fastest linebacker in the 40. Montana State, my boy. 4-4-2 uh, for Montana State there. Christian Harris, I know you like him. 4-4-4, uh, second on that list. Another Georgia Bulldog finished third. The only other guy sub four five, uh, Channing Tyndall four four seven there. 
Um, slowest guys, there were two guys over uh, four eight plus. That was uh, Jesse Lucetta, Penn State four eight nine. Uh, like I said, he got hurt. I don't remember if it was in the forty though. It might have been. Uh, and then Nate Landman from Colorado, four eight six, very slow there. Close to four eight was Josh Ross from Michigan. Um, some notable guys, forty times here. Talk about Devin Lloyd, pretty slow, four six six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chad Muma. Kind of a number I expected, but kind of not. Four six three. I don't know. It seemed like the linebackers were pretty slow. Um, I don't know why. I I think of linebackers and I think four fives. Um, but there were a bunch that ran four six. Um, Damone Clark four five seven. Uh, yeah, Quay Walker, another Georgia guy, four five two. Um, and then let's go to bench. Again, not too many guys doing it. But this is where Chad Muma shined. 27 on the on the rack there for him. Devin Lloyd at 25 for second place. Um, none of the linebackers that did it were under 20. So I thought that was good for all those guys. Vertical. Channing Tyndall, 42 inches. Three other guys. At 40 plus, Jeremiah Moon from Florida, 40 and a half. Also at 40 and a half, one of your guys, Leo Chanel, um, Wisconsin. And then again, look where he's at, Chad Muma, 40 inch vertical, uh, shined there. Um, let's see. Devin Lloyd, 35, not that great. Um, no guys were under 30 for the linebackers, so that was good. But the bottom three guys, Josh Ross from Michigan, 31. Quay Walker, 32 from Georgia. And Nephi Sewell, 32 from Utah. Uh, then broad jump for the linebackers, Jeremiah Moon from Florida. At least one Florida guy had a good day, um, <laughs> unlike Zachary Carter. Uh, but Jeremiah Moon, 11-1 there. Christian Harris, the only other linebacker at 11, flat. Uh, Chad Muma, though, tied for third, baby. 10-9. Getting it done there. Uh, Channing Tindall also at 10-9 as well. Um, again, Devin Lloyd not at the top of any of the testing numbers. 10-foot-6 broad. Uh, Nakobe Dean didn't work out, I think. Or at least he didn't do any testing. Because he doesn't have any testing numbers. Again, it's the same guys at the bottom of the chart, though. Not Josh Ross from Michigan. I, I don't know why I have an issue saying his name. It's like, <laughs> do you hear it, though? Like, I can't. Josh uh -huh. Josh Ross. <laughs> I can't say it too fast or it all kind of blends. <laughs> Josh Ross. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> nine foot one, though, for him. Uh, and then the other two guys at the bottom. Jesse Lucetta, nine foot six, Penn State. Uh, Jack Sanborn, nine six, Wisconsin. 
So linebackers, though, again, our boy Chad Muma. He probably moved up to the second round now. I was thinking he was going to go in the third round-ish. Um, I think he has a good chance at the second round now. Channing Tindall had a good night, again, for the Georgia guys there. Um, and I think Christian Harris had a, had a nice night, too, for Alabama. And... Um, <coughs> Okay, uh, and then finally we had corners and safeties yesterday. This is where you get your speed. Two sub four threes and one. Uh, actually, no, they didn't think he broke the record. Not like Taquan Thornton. That was seven hundredths of a second off, which was just again absolutely terrible. I don't know how that happens. Because it didn't happen. Like, the, the, the unofficial to official numbers weren't that drastic of a change for any of the other position groups. It was literally uh-huh. just the receivers. Um, but the corners were fast. Kalen Barnes out of Baylor, 4-2-3. One hundredth of a second off of John Ross's um, record at 4-2-2. Um Tariq Woolen out of UTSA also sub four three four two six, and then the next guy was uh, Zion McCollum, Sam Houston State FCS four three three. Some slow, the slowest by far. Corner, Jermaine Waller, Virginia Tech four six eight. He was slow. He was the slowest by 11 tenths of a second. Yeah. 0.11. That's like probably five yards. Maybe not. Yeah, that's... Maybe not. It might be a little shorter than that, but still. That's really bad for a defensive back, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only other guy I'll mention at the bottom, uh, <clears throat> Mikhail Wright from Oregon, four five seven, second slowest guy. Kobe Bryant was pretty slow, four five four. <clears throat> he was down at the bottom, tied uh, for fourth slowest. Uh, and then Sauce Gardner, four four one, pretty decent. I was happy Tariq Castro Fields, Penn State, 4-3-8. Uh, corners, bench, there's only five guys did it all under 20 reps. Expected for defensive backs. Um, I don't even know what the, the mark is for DBs. Maybe 15? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Uh, the top guy was Jalen Watson out of Washington State, had 18. Damarian Williams and uh, Kobe Bryant from Houston and Cincinnati, respectively, both 17. And then two guys at 14, Sam Webb from Missouri Western and uh, Jalen Armour Davis from Alabama. The vert, Tariq Woolen, again, put on a show, 42 inches in a vert. 
the only guy over 40. Uh, Zion McCollum also, again, up there. Sam Houston State, 39 and a half. And then Chase Lucas from Arizona State, 39. Uh, actually, wow, not too many guys did the vert either for the corners. Fourth, uh, this 10. Only 10 of them did it. The vert is probably the one drill I was expecting uh, yeah. a lot of DBs to do. Yeah, you got to get up and high point that ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there were four guys tied at the bottom for the vert at 34 and a half inches. Um, Alante Taylor out of Tennessee, Jalen Armour Davis, uh, Alabama, Demarion Williams out of Houston, and Demarcus Fields out of Texas Tech. 34 and a half. Uh, the broad jump, again, not many guys doing it. Uh, eight guys at the corner position did the broad Zion McCollum, though, Sam Houston State, dude, he had a very good night um, coming from the SDS. 11 feet in the broad, followed by a Caleb Evans at Missouri, 10-9. And then uh, at the bottom, one the only guy under 10 feet, Damarian Williams out of Houston, 9 foot 10. And I Isaac Taylor Stewart, USC, was second worst at 10 foot 3. Okay, go to safeties, 40. Nick Cross, Maryland, 4-3-4. Four, four. Blazing down the track. Uh, I'll tell you a safety I had a really good night, and you can guess what school he's from. Because <laughs> it was another Georgia Bulldog. Uh, Lewis Seen put on a nice show for the crowd in Indy. 4-3-7-40. Um one of the top safeties, Dax Hill, 4-3-8. Jaquan Brisker, 4-4-9. Four, four, uh, one of the slower safeties, actually, at 4-4-9. Four, four, four guys above 4-5. That was um, Smoke Monday at 4-5-2. Wanye Thomas <laughs> out of Georgia Tech, 4-5-5. Five, five. Uh, Smoke Monday out of Auburn. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, 4-5-9. Notre Dame. Ooh. Second slowest, or tied for the actually tied for the slowest safety time. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Quentin, I'm telling you, I don't want the Jets to draft him. I'll be very upset if they do. Quentin Lake out of UCLA also with a four five nine. Uh, the bench for the safeties, they they might have had most people do the do the bench at any position. I mean, they had uh, let's see, no, they had nine. Nine guys do the bench for the safeties. Uh, Yusuf Corker, one of my favorite uh, sleeper safeties in the middle rounds out of Kentucky. 23 on the bench. Jaquan Brisker, 22. Very good number for him. And then at the bottom, you had uh, Leon O'Neal, Texas A&M, 15. Three guys tied for 16. Quinterio Cole from Louisville. Uh, Verone McKinley III from Oregon. And Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. I feel like bench is where you figure out which guys are strong safeties and which guys are free safeties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guys with the higher bench numbers, yep, put them in the box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then vertical for the safeties, 
JT Woods out of Baylor. Nice vert, 39.5. No one over 40 for the safety group here. Uh, Kirby Joseph, Illinois, 38.5. Also, he's also in that range with Yusuf Corker for me, where it's like that next, the second tier of safeties uh, after Hamilton, uh, Brisker, and, and Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Hamilton actually did show up for the vert, though. 38. Um, nice number for him. Lowest numbers for safeties wise vertical Percy Butler out of Louisiana, 31.5. Dax Hill did not do good in the vertical, 33.5 inches. Uh, and then Wanye Thomas at 34. Jaquan Brisker wasn't that much better, 34.5. Um, so. I wonder how these numbers are going to affect the draft because obviously a lot of these guys were like Dax and uh, Quan Brisker, I think were like probably number two and three in the safety class. Yeah. So I wonder if their numbers really affect the, uh, their standing at all. Yeah. I would kind of feel bad for myself if I were those two, because, um, Jordan Davis jumped 32 inches in the vertical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. um, and then broad jump, like I said, Lewis Seen, 11 foot one, leading the safeties there. Kyle Hamilton, again, the jumping he was very good at. He was just not good at the 40. Um, but 10 11 for Kyle Hamilton on the broad jump. And then Nick Cross, again, up at the top. For the testing, ten foot ten there. Uh, Daquan Brisker ten four, so not terrible. Um, Dax Hill, yeah, he was pretty bad. Ten foot one, at least he got over ten. Uh, Verone McKinley the second worst at ten feet, and then Bubba Bolden out of Miami nine eight, the worst of the safety group. So in terms of safety wise, you know. Lewis Seen, again, was very, very good. Uh, forgot to talk about Sauce Gardner with the corners. He had a good good weekend. I don't think he necessarily helped or hurt himself. Um, I thought he kind of stayed. He's still the number one corner. Stayed even. Um, I heard both of the Washington corners had pretty decent days on yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, McDuffie and Gordon. Mm-hmm. And Stingley didn't work out, so we didn't get to see him. Uh, I thought Tariq Woolen, he was leading a lot of the uh, testing numbers pretty good. I didn't see Andrew. No, Andrew Booth wasn't working out, right? I don't believe so. I don't think he did. One guy I will say that I remember because I was watching the DB drills. A little bit um, while I was waiting for another hockey game to start. Smoke Monday looked absolutely terrible. I mean, his form, I thought, was horrendous. He was, I don't don't even know how to describe it. Like, like most corners go back and, like, uh, have their hands start right here and then, like, pump as they backpedal. Or some just, like, bounce him. I don't know, like, how he did it, but, like, he was, like, 
he was like this. He wasn't pumping the whole arm. He was just like at the elbow. Like literally, that's how his back pedal was. And he looked he looked really high. Um, his hips didn't look very fluid when he was in transition. And I just thought his technique was absolutely terrible. Um, that was one that I did notice a lot because I've watched him do a couple of the drills and I was like, what is this? And I mean, he's not a bad player. Like, he was pretty good at Auburn, but it's just like, oh my God, I can't, I don't even know how he started with that technique. I mean, I, 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 I thought anyways, you know, his teammate was better than him anyways, Roger McCreary, the other Auburn corner. So, okay. That's the combine. Uh, unless you had any other notes on any of the guys from, uh, the weekend. No, uh, uh, we covered pretty much all the, uh, all the guys that I was thinking about. I just still can't get over Jordan Davis's performance. <laughs> that that's the only guy that keeps like popping out to my in my head. Dude, yeah. I mean, again, it was a it was a good weekend to be a George Bulldog mm-hmm. uh, at the combine. Um, I will say though, the Baylor boys had a nice weekend too, uh, with yeah. Tyquan Thornton running the fastest forty of the receivers on Friday night and then, or yeah, on Friday, no, Thursday night. Uh, and then the defensive guys for Baylor also had good days. One of my favorite, uh, mid round linebackers, Trell Bernard had a good time. And then the two safeties are very good as well. Jalen Petrie and JT Woods for Baylor. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I thought they they had a nice weekend for the Baylor Bears as well. Okay. Got our mock draft series. Keep it going. We are doing the first official mock draft for the Washington Commanders. Uh, along with the Vikings. Yeah. But it's weird. These two are, are two of the normal teams. That yeah, don't didn't I trade say, any of their picks. This is, this is the first one we've done that we've only we only have their actual picks, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Vikings do have a couple extra picks that they picked up in some of the trades in the later <laughs> rounds, but Washington, they didn't trade any of their. I think they have all seven of their original picks. They don't have any any extras. Um, so number eleven and number twelve overall. Washington comes back in the second at 42, Minnesota at 46, and then Washington at 73, Minnesota at 77 in the third round. Um, so I should it should be all prepped. Just got to click start. Here we go. So Aiden Hutchinson. Dude, why do we keep getting this? Kyle Hamilton <laughs> at two. Uh, Stingley at three. Look at that, Chris. Your boys had... Kayvon Thibodeau in their sights. They didn't take him. And Evan Neal, who they ended up taking, and Equanu as well. Yeah. So we are not... This is probably the least likely draft scenario to <laughs> actually happen in the real world right now, but yeah, so hey, anything's have, possible. So we have a weird draft 
for this one, but that's fine. We'll we'll roll with it. We're not picking to eleven. It's not our fault. You yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Evan Neal to the Jets, Ikenakwanu to the Giants. Look at the tackle run there. Charles Cross to the Panthers. Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, that's a holy draft by the Giants, dude. If they could swing that, Ikenakwanu and Thibodeau. I mean. Joe Shane would be the G- given the GM of the year award already. <laughs> uh, Jamison Williams to the Falcons, a necessary evil that they need now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about going back to the Alabama route, but especially at eight with his ACL injury, that's uh, so just showing how even more weird this draft, this mock draft is. Um, Malik Willis, that is a normal pick, though. Uh, one that yeah. could actually happen at number nine to the Broncos. And your boys go Trayvon Walker at ten. That's a, a interesting, interesting pick there. Pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did he did show out at the combine. He had a very yeah. good night. Uh, yeah. So with us being Washington here at number eleven, I'm kind of disappointed to see Malik Willis get taken by the Broncos. I wouldn't be surprised if it actually happens, but since we are one of the quarterback needy teams here, I'm kind of upset to see him go to the Broncos because that even if we weren't going to pick him, that still would have given us the option to take him. Um, I hate, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, but we have to do it. <laughs> yeah, we got to steal the, the Pittsburgh guy. I absolutely hate this because. But again, in in my ideal scenario for the Pittsburgh Steelers, if the Broncos don't take a quarterback or they take Malik Willis, the Steelers better be calling Joe Douglas to go from 20 to 10 Mm -hmm. and give up next year's first-round pick along with this year's and go get it. Uh Uh, And chip in a third-rounder, whatever. Whatever Douglas wants, I will give it to him, Chris. I'd be for, perfectly okay with that. For that 10th pick, to pick any picket. And I'd also be perfectly okay with the trend of uh, first-round trades to the Jets and then the team doing bad the next year, like the Seahawks just did this year. I wouldn't be – I'd be perfectly fine with uh, Well, you know that with won't Tomlin's first losing season. Yeah, that won't happen, dude. <laughs> he will find a way. Dude, he found a way to get to 8-8, eight and eight, playing most of the season with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. I, I know. believe with a quarterback that is the most pro-ready quarterback in this draft class, he would be able to get it done. Uh, <laughs> at least 8-8. Eight and eight, Or 9-8, and because now you have to be over 500. Or we can go 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. It's fine. 8-8-1. Yeah, Why not? The Steelers seem to like to tie, so... We're not tying the Lions next year. That's not going to happen again. Um, okay, so, yeah, we're taking Kenny Pickett for the first pick of the Washington Commanders ever. Okay. So now Vikings. See, the Vikings were an interesting quarterback option as well. We saw uh-huh. them. We saw them get... Uh, quarterback chosen for them and a couple of our other mocks. Um, but I don't, I don't think they do that though. 
Right. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't either. Especially in this scenario too, because two of them are already off the board, and I mean, I don't know. Just this isn't necessarily about this mock draft, but if this were the way that the board falls, like uh, the Broncos take one, and then the the Steelers can't get a trade up with the Jets, and Pickett then goes to Washington. Do you think that the Steelers could still call up right here and trade up, or do you even think they would have to at that point? I think it depends on what the how they feel the situation in Cleveland is. Mm. Because if the <laughs> Browns do not re-sign or sign Baker to an extension before the draft, that makes for a really... I guess fun. I I want to say fun because I feel like I use interesting too much on the show, <laughs> um, and I'm very bad at changing my adjectives. So, mm-hmm. uh, fun scenario where Cleveland could be in play for a quarterback if Mayfield mm-hmm. isn't extended before the draft. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see it because you look at the rest of the teams. You know the Ravens aren't going to take one. The Eagles aren't going to take one. They've been adamant that they're backing Jalen Hurts this offseason. Chargers, mm-hmm. no. And then the next pick is, is at 18 for the Saints. So, I mean, you have a, a lot of picks in between that, you know, other teams could come up uh, with any of those teams, specifically Philly at 15 and 16 to get ahead of the Saints. Um, uh-huh. But I think in this area it's really like, the Vikings and the Browns are the two that are like wishy-washy that you never know um, yeah. that could possibly take pit quarterbacks. But I think the yeah. rest of the first round, other than the Saints and Steelers, really don't need a quarterback. Um, I mean, now with the Kyler situation, you never know in Arizona. The Bucks, I don't – no one knows what they're doing right now. Uh, I mean, they're still – calling tom brady every day to get him back so um that's their that's their off-season plan right now um Mm -hmm. and i think they're fine with i mean i have heard that they want they were they're gonna go big at quarterback if tom brady definitely says like no like close it as it signs the retirement papers unlike you know Favre. (laughs) um it's not official until you submit the paperwork to the NFL, so. mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think Brady has. Uh, no. But then you look back here, and it's like, you know, the Dolphins don't need one. Packers Packers could, I guess, um, pending Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then, you know, the Lions. Lions are right there. That's the only other team I see in the back end uh, yeah. that would need one. Um, but, yeah, so here I – I want to go to the top guy. Uh-huh. Sauce Gardner. I was going to say, I think it's a pretty obvious uh, choice here. Yeah. He's slid down to 12 to us here with the Vikings. I personally don't think he's going to be here. And in most other mock drafts we've done, if he's off the board, they end up going with Stingley. Yeah. Which... So I think that corner is definitely a <laughs> Stingley solid option here. Yeah. yeah. Got to go Gardner here. Yeah, Rick Spielman's not the GM anymore of the Vikings, but they're still drafting first-round corners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, with mm. Quesi Adolfo Mensa there in Minnesota. So let's go Sauce Gardner here at not, at 12. Uh, Jermaine Johnson for the Browns, David Ojabo to the Ravens, Linderbaum and McDuffie for the Eagles, Trevor Penning for the Chargers, Garrett Wilson for the Saints, Nicobe Dean. Oh, my God, I love that pick for the Eagles. Jordan Davis to the Steelers. Look at that. Ooh, Andrew Booth I like that one. for the Pats. Devontae Wyatt for the Raiders. George Karloftis. He gets mocked to the Cardinals a lot. Uh, uh-huh. Perry and Winfrey for the Cowboys. Cameron Thomas for the Bills. Drake London to the Titans. Kyler Gordon for the Bucks. DeMarvin Leal to the Packers. Traylon Burks to the Dolphins. Devin Lloyd for the Chiefs. Zion Johnson for the Bengals. Christian Harris to the Lions. So we had no other quarterbacks go. Yeah. Just Willis and Pickett. And we have, look at all these guys we got. We got Ritter here. We got Hal sitting there. Uh, Carson Strong somewhere down here. Yeah. <laughs> there he is. So, I mean, technically, if the Vikings really did want one, they could go for one now. But Possibly. I don't know. We'll have to see how these next four picks go. Uh, so then, the start of the second round here Bernard Raymond for the Jags, Boye Mafe. To the Lions, your Jets go Daxton Hill. There's a quarterback. Giants, <laughs> Matt Corral at 36. Again, I don't know why you would pick him in the second round if you're that close to the first round. Uh, in the real draft, it would make so much more sense to trade up to get the fifth-year uh-huh. option. Uh, Jaquan Brisker to the Texans. Your Jets get Roger McCreary. Um, at 38, Kenyon Green for the Bears. Chris Olave for the Broncos, Tariq Woolen uh, coming off a nice combine to the Seahawks. Washington back up. So we have so, a nice nucleus now in Washington. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett at quarterback. You have um, Curtis Samuel and um, Terry McLaurin Ten. at wide receiver. You also have Antonio Gibson in the backfield with J.D. McKissick as well. And you have uh, Logan Thomas at tight end coming off injury. It's interesting, though, that they say that wide receiver is their biggest need now On in this. Uh, I think Samuel's a free agent. That's why. He only signed a one-year deal? No, he signed a two-year deal. It's been two years, right? Yeah, I think he signed in 2020. Well, if if he if that's the case, then yeah, I guess uh, maybe not. Uh, wide no, receiver. he signed a he signed a three year deal last year. Yeah, so this is only year two with him. Uh, coming, well, it's going into year two, I should say. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, they still have him under control, but I think the problem might be McLaurin. I don't know how much longer they have him under control. Um, he was drafted in twenty seventeen. So, and he was only a third round pick, so they don't have a fifth year option on him. So, this year coming up is his last year, unless they can get a deal done with him. Um, but maybe that's why they have wide receivers ranked so high because they don't think that McLaurin will stay. Or at the moment, he's only under contract through this year, so maybe that's why. I don't know. Um, Actually, what am I saying? Terry McLaurin was drafted in 2019. Oh, well, then he has two years left, though, I think. Um, no, this is the last year. 19, 20, 21, 22. Oh, uh, yeah, 22. Yeah. So, I, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, what I said before stands. But I mean, if we were to go wide receiver, I don't know what's left. I mean, I see Dotson there and Watson at the bottom. Um, and then you look at their other needs, corner. I don't know if there's any good ones for that left right now um, to take at this point. Yes. And interior offensive lineman, like you're going to need to probably replace Sheriff. I don't think that they get yeah. him back. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it. I, it's probably still too early to get uh, what's his name. Who? Why am I blanking on the guard? I don't know. There's a lot of guards. No, the the. Right here. No, the. Or did he already go and I wasn't paying attention? Kenyon Green went to uh, the Bears. Oh, so then never mind. That's who I was thinking. Um. Yeah, I mean, they have they have two guards there. Those are not my two next... Those aren't my next guy. My next guy would be Jamari Salyer out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just... I don't think they can go defense too early. I mean, well, they they will need. I thought Elam was the next quarter. They will need. They do need corners. That's true. And um, Elam was the next one. I think I saw. They also need safety, which there was Petrie right there. Yeah, I mean, when you look at and you think about the best available player, especially with the two drafts that we're doing, where the teams only have their own first three picks. Um, so you know you're waiting another 32 picks, or plus or minus depending on how many teams had the same record as you when they rotate through each round. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is a, this is a tough pick for their second one, but if we're trying to avoid a situation like Joe Burrow, avoid a situation like Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback getting pounded all season his first year. I think you have to take the the lineman and protect him. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like I said, my next guy would be Salier, even though uh, the draft network has Sean Ryan and Tyler Smith above him. But I think Salier had a good combine, and that's my guy. I mean, you also know a lot about him being that he's from Georgia as well. I actually didn't know too much about him coming into the draft process. Um, I didn't really notice him too much um, coming out of the season. So, but now I now I have, you know. With his, with his work, I believe he played in the Senior Bowl and also at the Combine. So he's been a, a riser for sure. Well, I mean, I definitely agree with the the guard pick here, but I don't really know much about any of the three guys. So, if you think that <laughs> he's the op or he's the best, then I'll go with your gut. Yeah. Um, Falcons, Jalen Petrie, Jahan Dotson to the Browns, Travis Jones for the Ravens. Now this, oh man, Petrie went, dude. Uh-huh. They could have used him. <laughs> Dang, that sucks. Um. Wow. Yeah. So the Vikings are in a bind here. Now, 
Lewis Seen is there. He will definitely go before their next pick. Mm-hmm. In the ideal situation, we would trade back a couple picks and hope to get him still. There are no a- interior defensive linemen to be seen anywhere. Okay, that was going to be my question. I just saw one, but it was very far down. Um, unless that was IOL. I don't yeah, know. I-O-L. I thought I saw it's IOL. Yeah, this oh, right is there. the next one. This is the next one. Fidarian Mathis at 76, which is, I believe, right on the Vikings' third round pick. I believe that's exactly what their pick is in the third round. 77. Whatever. So we could still hope that he's there. Um, but yeah, scene definitely won't be. Safety is their top need, but is it the right safety? Yeah, because Harrison Smith is the cover guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lewis Scene, I don't necessarily know which position he plays better. Mm. I could see a situation where Lewis Seen ends up being the free safety and Harrison Smith goes down to the box. You know, Harrison Smith is in his going into like his eleventh season. So, you know, yeah. he's not young anymore. Uh, and you know, even even though actually the the older guys I think go into the free safety and not the other way around. Like Kareem Jackson, I mean, he switched from corner to safety, but Kareem Jackson. Um. Well, yeah, there's. So I think Scene is the choice here, unless if I'm the Vikings looking at my quarterback situation, I don't like uh, what's his name from last year. Uh. Yeah, and and. I mean, I forget what Cousins' deal is right now, but it's the the thing I'm, is. I'm also not looking for a starter for this year, so. Yeah, I think the issue with the quarterback taking the quarterback here is, especially if you're going just you know top board. I see similarities between Kellen Mond and Desmond Ritter. Uh, no, nah, Ritter, I believe, would be a better player. Um, I don't know, though, but just in my mind, they seem very similar. Um, so, I don't know. And, and I would most definitely take Ritter over the other guys, Sam Howell, Carson Strong. Um, actually... I'm banking on who their I'm blanking on who their offensive coordinator is. Um, Not Kubiak, right? I was gonna say, is it Clint Kubiak? It might be. Um, but I don't know because of their new regime. I don't know. Under Kevin O'Connell, but even so, Kevin O'Connell from the Sean McVay tree, they run the play action. The Shanahan mm-hmm. style um, of offense, and so if you are looking for a quarterback, I would say no to Desmond Ritter. I would say no to Sam Howell, and I would actually look for Carson Strong. 
um, if you would go quarterback because I think Carson Strong, he's big, uh, 6'5", 6'4", 215, uh, big dude. But I think I, – I really do think Carson Strong would be a fantastic play-action, Shanahan-style offense quarterback. That's not where I want to go, though, here. I think Lewis Seen is the pick. Uh-huh. And, uh, that's where we're going to go. Not sure why wide receiver is the fifth biggest need for the Vikings, but we won't draft one here anyways. Unless it's, you know. Christian Watson to the Colts. Kyer Elam for the Chargers. Daniel Fa'alele goes to the Saints. Kenneth Walker to the Dolphins. Look at that. Uh, why? Why? No. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Desmond Ritter to the Eagles. Not going to happen. Tyler Smith to the Steelers. Sean Ryan to the uh, Raiders. Chad Muma. That's a Patriots pick right there. I really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, Darian Kendrick for the Cards. Logan Hall for the Cowboys. Fidarian Mathis for the Bills. Dylan Parham for the Falcons. Damone Clark for the Packers. Isaiah Spiller for the Bucks. That don't like that feels one. about right, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Darian Kennard to the Niners. George Pickens for the Chiefs. Isaiah Likely, first tight end off the board to the Bengals. Brace Hall, why? That's an interesting pick there for the Broncos. Broncos. I mean, I guess Melvin, they're going to release him, or he's a free agent, I don't know. Um, Brian Asamoa to the Jags. John Mechie to the Lions. Sky Moore for the Giants. Josh Paschal. That's a Giants pick right there. (laughs) Josh Paschal to the Texans. There you go, you got a quarterback (laughs) (laughs) to your Jets. (laughs) No. Sam Howell, he is a New York guy. Uh, yeah, maybe for the Giants. <laughs> David Bell to the Jags. Calvin Austin to the Bears. Uh, Kingsley Anikbare to the Seahawks. Dude, what is this mock draft? What are we doing right now? This is this is the most bizarre mock draft we've done so far. <laughs> this is that one in a thousand simulations that you get, you know. Um <laughs> By the way, Kirk Cousins' current contract, I know we're on Washington right now, but uh, Kirk Cousins' current contract ends after this year. Okay. He is a free agent in 2023. Um, so Washington, we got Kenny Pickett. We got him some protection in uh, Jamari Salyer. Now let's double down on the quarterback and take Carson Strong. <laughs> Yeah, one of them's got to be good. Like Washington did in 2012. And I've actually heard um, – I it was just one source, and I don't remember where it was from. But I have heard that they could, they could possibly do that. I mean, why not? It worked for them once. Why not try it again? It worked when they drafted Kirk Cousins yeah. in the fourth round. I was going to say, this is the two. third round, so I think it's too early. But I don't think you're going to get, you know, Carson Strong's my fifth quarterback. And I don't really know if you're going to get much better. Um, yeah, I don't know. But then I, I still, I don't know. I, I, I definitely prefer the model of drafting your guy with your first pick and then building around him, especially well, in the earlier round. Well, they can draft Bailey Zappi in the fifth round. It's fine. We're good. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so do we want to keep going offense? Because Trey McBride is sitting right there. I know they have Logan Thomas, but he's over 30. 
and he's injury prone. Yeah. Um. um well, I don't. Uh, McBride is a a very enticing option, but they're still sitting right there with wide receiver as a big need. I don't see any right here, obviously, but who else is left on the wide receiver uh, list here? Yeah, and what's crazy about uh, just going back to Logan Thomas real quick, uh, the the Commanders can get out of his contract after next year with only a three and a half million cap charge. Um, so he's he signed through twenty twenty four, but next year would be the first year they can get out at a reasonable price. I used to like Logan Thomas until I traded him away to. Ricky for two third round picks in our dynasty league. Now I don't care about him anymore. It's fine. I still have the best draft or the best dynasty trade of all time last off season when I traded two second round picks for Cooper Cup. That was a steal. I told you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I still I I still don't understand how I got Cooper Cup in the fourth round in our keepers league. <laughs> I don't know. Uh. Because, well, they had Robert Woods and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, so Washington. Um, but who are the wide receivers that are available right now? I don't see any anywhere. Kyle Phillips. Is that He's the number one left right now? Yeah. Yeah, so Jalen they Tolbert. don't need to get one right now. So, no. Jalen Tolbert's an interesting option. Uh, so, well, we got a corner here. Uh, Slim Pickens, Mario Goodrich, not terrible. Who else we got? Lante Taylor really didn't have that great of a combine. Marcus Jones would be intriguing. That's an I, intriguing option. I just don't like him this early. Yeah, not now. I'd be I'd be more comfortable trading back and trying to get him later in the third mm-hmm. if you're going to take him. Uh, so let's not go either of those two positions. We what about have, safety? Because that's also we, up there. We do. I thought there was one. Maybe not. Okay. Maybe <laughs> not. Kirby Joseph. Now, he, again, so you see all the rest of the guys there. Kirby Joseph is probably my last guy in the second tier that I have. Yeah. Because I have four guys in that second tier. Uh, because it's like Kyle Hamilton by himself. And then... Uh, Dax Hill, Jaquan Brisker. Okay, so maybe that's a third tier. I, I guess Dax Hill and, and Jaquan Brisker, Brisker. is the second yeah. second tier. And then the third tier is Kirby Joseph, uh, Yusuf Corker, and... Louis Seen. Louis Seen. Yeah, those are the three third-tier safeties that I have. Um, and you could also add in... Yeah, I guess we'll put five guys in that third tier. Petrie and Woods, both the, the Baylor safeties, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so Kirby Joseph is the next guy before a, a pretty far drop-off uh, to Nick Cross and Dane Belton are the next two that I would have. But I think he's another one, Why though. Corker down jo- I think you could get Kirby Joseph – possibly with your next pick too or if he's there late enough in this round you could trade up with your fourth pick um so i don't think we need to go that either i think it's an obvious choice 
I mean, it's not really an obvious choice. It's more of a forced choice here. But I think your original idea with uh, McBride, I think, is the best option right here. Yeah, and and when you look at their tight end depth, that's. I mean, they have decent. Uh, with Thomas, Ricky Seals, Jones, John Bates, who they drafted last year in the fifth round from Boise State, and uh, another guy that is a practice squad guy. Uh, or fourth round, fourth round, last year for John Bates. My bad, John. My bad. I believe. Just trying to check to see. Uh, if Ricky is a. I believe. Yeah, he's a free agent. Yep. Yeah, so Ricky Seals Jones is, isn't even signed. Um, he's a free agent this well, year. Well, here you go. This solves it. So, yeah, yeah, they don't have to worry about re signing him. Yeah. And, it, I mean, they get the number one tight end. In the draft. Yeah. He was... Which, who oddly didn't go as the number one tight end in the draft, though. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all, I think there will definitely be teams that like likely a lot uh, better than, than they do McBride. I mean, just, you know, pick which one you want. Uh, but I definitely don't see both of those guys falling as far as they did. Likely, yeah. likely didn't fall that bad. He went early third, or no? I thought he went early third. He on the second? Oh, there. Oh, he there he was. Late, the late second. Yeah, late second. That's around where I could see McBride going to. If not early second. I could see McBride early second, possibly to your Jets at their second second pick. Yeah, second, second round I would pick. love to see that, but I, I don't know if the Jets are smart enough to do that. <laughs> hey, don't assault Joe Douglas. This is the – well, if they're anything like this mock draft Jets <laughs> that we're going through right now, Drafting freaking Sam Howell in the second round. Sam Howell. With that pick? No. Okay, so Vikings. Oh, I forgot to read the other guys. Uh, Arnold Abacady. Where did Desmond Ritter go? When did he go? Wasn't he just on the board? He might have just gotten taken before we before the Vikings no, he got didn't. Arnold Ebicady, Darian Beavers, and Ed Ingram to the Falcons, Broncos, and Ravens. Oh. Where did he go? <laughs> so the Jets took Howell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you're... Yeah, no, right, you're no we don't need to talk about it, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about a weird quarterback draft there. But Carson Strong, I mentioned this for the second round pick of the Vikings. And Kirk Cousins is a free agent after this season. He wasn't acquired by the current regime in Quesi Adolfo Mensa and head coach Kevin O'Connell. And again, I just think he would be a good 
Shanahan-style quarterback. You know, again, they're not attached to Kellen Mond either. They didn't draft him. Yeah. So, do they need more than a quarterback? Yeah. They need a lot of help defensively. Uh, probably some extra offensive line and some more depth receivers, but... I mean, K.J. Jefferson had a nice – or K.J. Osborne, not K.J. K.J. Osborne yeah. had a nice season. Well, I think my my uh, two picks here would be between those top two guys right there. Either Carson Strong for the future at the quarterback position or Leo Chenal to help out that linebacking uh, unit. Cause True. They, they do need linebacking I – mean, Anthony Barr is a free agent after this year. Yeah. They also need help opposite of Daniil Hunter. Um, Drake Jackson sitting there at, at the edge position. Interior defensive line, I don't think we have any options. A lot of tight ends there. Yeah, who the Vikings have a tight end again? I don't remember. Once again, calling upon my horrid memory. I mean, I know they had Chris Herndon, but he was the backup. <laughs> he was like the fifth string, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even think I saw him on the field this year. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I'm literally just, I just keep going back and forth between ESPN depth charts and spot track. Because we t- keep talking about who teams have at certain positions and con- oh, what contracts Conklin? look like. Oh, yeah, Tyler Conklin. Well, the uh, the Vikings depth chart on ESPN is all screwed up. Let's see what it shows on. Oh, and Irv Smith, too. Oh, yeah, Irv Smith. Hmm. Herndon was the third tight end, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and then Luke Stalker. My guy. <laughs> But anyways, so Sean Mannion was the backup last year. Uh, they drafted Kellen Mond in the third round last season. They drafted Nate Stanley out of Iowa in the seventh round in 2020. And if I go back to spot track, just to check out one more contract because we're running very long. We made this a long show, Chris. Actually, I did. I rambled on about the combine. My bad. It's fine. There's a lot of exciting performances. So, like we said, it, it was literally the fastest combine in. Was it in history or what was it? Uh, in a while. Yeah. One of the positions I remember the year 2003 was mentioned in uh, the corners, I believe, the DBs. Uh, yeah, so Sean Mannion is a free agent as well. So they don't have their backup quarterback from last year anyways. Uh, Kellen Mond is coming into the season as the backup uh, to uh, technically, I guess, if you want to say, compete with Nate Stanley to be the backup to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Again, um, I said it the second round pick. I'm going to say it again. Carson Strong, I think, will be perfect for the Kyle Shanahan. Uh, or not Kyle Shanahan, the... Mike Shanahan style of offense that comes off of Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Tree. I mean, 
I, I like to pick two, but the only thing I like, the only concerns I have is like, I'm sure this is all stuff that they think about too, but what's the landscape look like for like either next year's crop of quarterbacks in the draft or potential free agent quarterbacks? Like, do I like any of those potential guys better than Carson Strong? Or, and like, and then with the linebacker thing, like with Chanel, I feel like he helps out the team more immediately than Carson Strong would. So if you are in a win-now mode, which I don't think the Vikings are anymore, but if you were in a win-now mode, I would definitely go with Leo Chanel here. Yeah. I mean, the, the 2023 quarterback class is going to be back to a normal where it's there are top guys that are going to go top 10. Because when you look about look at it, it's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Uh, I'm just looking off this article. Ugh, I don't agree with that. But Spencer Rattler, <laughs> <laughs> depending on how he plays at at South Carolina, Jake Hayner, mm-hmm. our boy Jake Hayner's next year. He's in next year's class. I would love. He's he's like Bailey Zappi. This year, mm-hmm. uh, Jaron Hall from BYU's intriguing uh, dual threat quarterback option, uh, and then you got guys like Grayson McCall next year, as well. Yeah. Uh, Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee, Will Levis from Kentucky. I don't think he's. If Uyangalale can <laughs> do anything better than he did at Clemson this past season, <laughs> he could be a draft guy. And then you got late guys like Phil Dracovich. Uh, Keenan Slovis playing at Pitt this year. Dylan Gabriel's at UCLA. So, it's definitely a lot better quarterback class, especially at the top next year. Uh, uh-huh. But I, I just, I think Carson Strong's a fine pick and kind of biased. You know, I've been on Nevada and uh, the Carson Strong train for a while. And, I mean, at least with this pick, we're not drafting him to start right away. That's mm-hmm. presumably Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and if, if Cousins gets hurt or whatever, uh, then we'd have Mond. to figure it out at that point. I don't know if Kellen Mond would start or if they'd have to sign somebody off the street. It'd be Kellen Mond. Um, but, yeah, I like the idea of drafting a guy now to have him sit a year or two. And then, like, uh, instead of going next year and drafting one of the top ten. Carson Strong, 2023 Minnesota Vikings starter. Uh, Zachary Carter, ooh, to the Browns. Drake Jackson for the Chargers. James Cook to the Texans like that. Leo Chanel goes to the Giants. Nicholas petit Freire to the Colts. Sam Williams for the Eagles. Mario Goodrich for the Steelers. Kyle Phillips to the Pats. Alante Taylor for the Raiders. Kate Otten to the Cards. Jeremy Ruck, tight end run. Jeremy Rucker like to the Cowboys. Jalen Watermeyer to the Bills. Channing Tindall for the Titans. Um, Jalen Tolbert for the Bucks. Greg Dulcich, another tight end. Good Lord, back of the third round. <laughs> to the Packers. Martin Emerson for the Niners. Kirby Joseph finally goes to 94 for the Chiefs. Abraham Lucas for the Bengals. 
Nick Benito for the Broncos. That's a good pick. Skylar Thompson. Lions had their new quarterback. Uh, <laughs> Quay Walker <laughs> to the Browns. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt for the Ravens. Jack Cohn. Saints had their new quarterback. Yeah, okay. They drafted back-to-back Notre Dame quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Troy Anderson, my boy. He finally went in one of our mock drafts to the Dolphins at 101. Marcus Could Jones. The top 100, though. To the Chiefs and JoJo Doman for the Rams. Doesn't JoJo Doman go to the Rams at 103 every day? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Okay, so our six picks for the Commanders and the Vikings. Uh, I love it. Washington, Washington. It's a great time. <laughs> Draft Network, do better by it, guys. Uh, anyways, we drafted two quarterbacks here. Uh, Washington, the Commanders go get their guy, Kenny Pickett, at number 11. Vikings at 12, get Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. Uh, Commanders at 42, Jamari Salyer, line, uh, guard out of Georgia. Vikings at 46, Lewis Seen, safety, also out of Georgia. Commanders at 73, get uh, Kenny Pickett some help at the skill position. Trey McBride, tight end, Colorado State. And then 77, Vikings, Carson Strong, quarterback out of Nevada. Very difficult draft. Very weird draft. And I guess we came out with the best guys we could. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I actually didn't mind how Washington's, Washington's draft went very came well, out. I thought, yeah. Other uh, than the reach a little bit for the for Salier, because uh, there mm-hmm. wasn't anyone else there. But I mean, to get McBride at seventy three is just a steal. And Pickett to pair with them too. Yeah. Pickett in his small hands. Okay. So, next Monday, we're going to have the not combine news. <laughs> Free agency preview, though, uh, mm-hmm. next Monday. Next Monday, we will be two days to free agency. Uh, so, we will have a comprehensive pre- free agency show. Probably going to be real long, just like this one was when I ramble on about free agents. Just like I did at the Combine. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we'll continue our mock draft series. Eagles at 15, 16, and 19. And the Chargers at 17 in the first round. I will be very... Wait, lit. when does the uh, legal tampering period start? Is that Wednesday or is that before that? Sunday. So we will eventually have some free agent news on Monday then. Yeah, yeah, but I believe it's Sunday, anyways. I think it, it yeah, because it's usually three days before. Um, so, yeah, you're right, Chris. We will have deals probably to talk about. Um, that's show for today. Went way too long, um, but hey, we we just kept rambling on about <laughs> stuff, and sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah. Um. Don't forget really to really do that on on Friday though, because we had that forty five minute talk about the other the NIL stuff. So yeah, I uh, I gotta fix the sound too for when I lost out there. Uh, but don't forget to follow us on Insta on all our social media 
uh, at FAA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. FAAPodcast.com is our website. Check us out here on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Thank you, Chris, and we will see you for Football Friday. See you on Friday.